1: Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters.
2: Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters. Informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, where Rudolph Johnson III is the President and CEO, and Judith Winker is our board chair. Our mission is developing children, families, and future leaders of our community through empowerment, education, and wellness, and we hope that today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for advancing emerging and current leaders. So today I'm excited because we're going to be just simply discussing and responding to questions from our listening audience. So we're going to ask you just to send in your leadership challenges, whatever's on your mind. Join the conversation either by emailing or calling in. You can email at leadershipmattersquestions at Innovisions.org or call in to one eight six six 472 I'm excited that today we have with us two fabulous guests that will help me respond to your questions. The first I'd like to introduce um, happens to be a fabulous board member from the Neighborhood House Association, and that's Verna Jaggers. She's a coach and CEO of Jaggers in Harmony. Verna, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Great. It's my pleasure to be here.
2: Awesome. And then also with us today, we have Dr. Donald Chick, who's the CEO of New Synergist, New Synergist Consulting. And uh, Dr. Chick, am I pronouncing the company's name correct?
3: Yes, you are. Thank you.
2: Wonderful. And thank you so for joining us today.
3: Thank you for having me. i pleased to be here.
2: Great. Well, before we jump into responding to questions, I'd like Verna and Don to just maybe each of you give us a little bit of your background so that our audience has some understanding of the perspective that you bring. Who'd like to
3: start?
0: I'll Uh, start. I'll start. (laughs)
3: Well, first of all, I was, uh, I've had about 30, over 30 years of uh, management experience, and uh, when I started out as an engineer, I pretty much thought that was the end-all and be-all of uh, being successful at running a business. It was pretty straightforward in terms of the answer is the answer. Once I started into uh, my career with the Navy, I quickly found out that there were many more aspects of running a business and uh, quickly determined that the uh, end-all and be-all of being successful is understanding how to deal with, manage, and lead people. So from there, I, I actually pursued an MBA, and then finally adopted an organization change. And uh, after retirement, I founded the company I'm running now, New Synergis Consulting, where we provide a wide range of change management uh, and leadership development training for our clients.
2: Oh, wonderful. Um, Dr. Chick, thank you so much for joining us. We are just pleased to have you on the line. And we are also pleased to have you, Verna, on the line. If you could give us a little bit about your background.
0: Sure. So I have been working within major corporations for about 25 years. And the last 12 years, I was a leadership development coach for a large corporation in San Diego. And then about a year ago, I decided to launch out and start my own business as a leadership development coach, and my passion is around um, helping people learn new leadership skills and also help them leverage the strengths that they already bring to the job. Sometimes those get lost, especially when we're under pressure. We try to be something different, and a lot of times it's really recognizing the strengths and then leveraging those to uh, bring your awesome self to work.
2: Awesome. I love that philosophy. And, um, again, we are pleased to have you on the line as well. I'm going to jump right in with our first question from our listening audience, and it comes from Karen in Houston, Texas. And Karen says, I'm a new mid-level manager hired into this position without a lot of previous managerial experience. Not sure what I was expecting and not sure I want to continue. I feel as though I am held responsible for things I have little control over and not acknowledged for what me and my team accomplish. Is this typical for leaders in nonprofit sector? <laughs> Karen, thank you so much for your question. Um, Don, why don't we ask you maybe to, to go there first, and, and I know she's asking with regards to nonprofit sector, but probably, Karen, we could put this in any sector, and what would your thought be, uh, Don?
3: Well, absolutely. That's the first thing to remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, These issues uh, are seen by managers, whether they're in nonprofit, in government, in for-profit companies, especially with new managers. And it sounds like, uh, unfortunately, the organization she's a part of doesn't have a formal or she hasn't been able to, to share in a formal management leadership training program So what that means is if she continues down this path, she's going to have to find that out for herself. And the first and probably arguably most important thing for her to remember is to make sure she has an awareness of herself, how she likes to lead and manage, what's most important to her, what things cause her to be stressed or uncomfortable, and then how she's going to deal with, the complexities of leadership, what's most important, what type of priority should she set, there are a lot of different things. But I think that first one is an awareness and understanding of herself and what makes her
2: or what can make her successful. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Chick. Anything you'd like to add, Verna?
0: Well, I, I just want to concur with what Dr. Chick said, that any in any Type of business when you walk in, uh, you can have some doubts around your leadership skill, even if you've been a leader for a long time because you're in a new environment. I don't know if the company provides any kind of leadership training, but if not, there are a couple books that I can recommend to you. I don't have the author's names, but one book is called The First 90 Days, and it really focus, focuses. The reader on how to promote themselves as a leader in the organization and really work on their strengths. And then there's another book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There, which is fabulous, especially when you're take, taking on new leadership roles and you might have been really reliant on your skills as an individual contributor and now all of a sudden you are a leader. And how do I use those strengths, but then also develop new skills that will help me be the best leader I can be. But I feel for you, I've, I've definitely experienced that, and I think anybody has who steps into a new role as a leader.
2: Yeah, wonderful. Thank you both. I think those are great, um, wonderful suggestions for Karen. Let me go back to the core of Karen's question and just ask you, do you feel as though, um, managers, middle managers in any sector might have this sense that Karen is feeling with regards to feeling responsible for things that they have little control over. What, what's your thought on that?
0: Um, if I may, I, oh sure, I think mm-hmm. this, I have seen this, especially with mid-level managers because you have your, your team who's looking up to you and then you're, you have the, um, the people who are above you in their leadership Roles and you can sometimes feel stuck in between and responsible for things that are um, where you feel like you don't have control. So, my recommendation would be to be very aligned with your leader so that you're sure what the vision is and how you can best lead. Because when we come across as somebody who is stuck, our, our team members sense that. They can pick up on it even if we're not using those words. So, being able to gain a shared vision with your leader so that you can really portray what is needed to be done to your team might help you feel a little more responsible for that work or at least part of the decision.
2: Mm -hmm. I hope that helps. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, Dr. Chick, anything you'd like to add?
3: I think Berna is uh, spot on with her analysis, and unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it. Middle managers are literally in the middle. They're dealing with uh, directions from folks above them, top leadership. In some cases, they might not agree with, and depending on the communications, they may not even totally understand. But it's important not to communicate that kind of self-doubt to the folks that are working for you and uh, make sure – you can express the types of things that need to happen with confidence, uh, at least on the surface, if not totally. Make sure you you let people know, especially those that work for you, that you are accountable. And then, as, as Berna mentioned, make sure you understand and are aligned with your boss. And I would even say your boss's boss, because that may even give you a better understanding. Why is my boss telling me this? Well, he or she is getting input from somebody above them, most likely. So that will even increase your ability to understand what might be happening.
2: Yeah, love it. I think that that's um, um, just wonderful pieces for Karen to take with her. I love the idea of the um, first the self-awareness. I'm going to step back from where Dr. Chick, you started us as it relates to, I think it's um, Important for us to realize that if we're in the managing position, the first thing we have to manage is ourselves and what we bring to that position and I um love Verna just your thought, and Dr. Chick, you're kind of echoing that thought with regards to alignment, Um, because I think if we can get into alignment and have some understanding as to what we're aligning with, it does position us to do what I think middle managers very often have to do, and that is be facilitators. They're that conduit through which um, information and um, efforts, resource, everything kind of flows back and forth. And so when that middle peace, has um, great alignment and you can feel that you're in alignment. You can certainly feel a lot more empowered to lead with the confidence, Dr. Chick, you were speaking of, and to facilitate what needs to happen um, with regards to um, activities to support, whatever the goals are that your resources, yourself and your team, have been established for So, Karen, we hope that that helps. You know, there's another piece to your question, Karen, I don't want to ignore. I almost forgot it. And it said, um, my team, uh, you and your team, with regards to not feeling acknowledged what you and your team accomplished What are your thoughts about that, uh, Dr. Chick and Verna? Is that a common experience for middle managers to feel like there's not acknowledgement? And what should Karen expect if she's going to right-size her expectations to this role? What do you think she might expect around acknowledgement of efforts and accomplishments?
3: Well, again, that depends on the organization to some extent. Mm -hmm. And what tends to happen, unfortunately, is when things are, when you're making good progress toward goals, you typically, not necessarily on purpose, but you might be ignored because managers and leaders are dealing with the crisis of the day or the crisis of the moment or a problem. So uh, one of the things a, a manager told me 30 plus years ago is you do have to toot your own horn. Obviously, you want to be... You don't want to be overbearing about it, but you want to make sure you are sharing the goals that you and your team have accomplished, the progress you've made toward those goals, again, without being overbearing, because they do tend to be overlooked.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, You know what, Dr. Chick, it sounds like we need to um, go to a commercial break, but we will be right back, and um, I'll have you just put a comma there. We'll continue to... Um, answer karen's question and josh i see that i have a question from you as well so stay with us we'll be right back with more on leadership matters informing leaders inspiring solutions
1: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264.
0: In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to matters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're
2: back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're responding to questions from our listeners. Karen, thank you so much for your question. And then before we went to break, we had Dr. Donald Chick, who's the CEO of New Synergistic Consulting, and Verna Jaggers, coach co-CEO of Jaggers in Harmony, responding to your question. Dr. Chick, we left off with you kind of hanging mid-sentence there, so can I get you to maybe um, start back? And I guess for listeners who may not have heard that question, I'll just summarize that Dr. Chick was responding to the um, question around, um, is it typical that uh, a mid-level manager might feel that their accomplishments, their team accomplishments aren't being acknowledged? All right. I wonder
3: where I was uh, at the point where I was talking mostly about communication and Obviously, you have to toot your own horn without being overbearing. And part of the uh, topics that we teach leaders when we consult or coach is communication skills are critically important. Verbal, written, and the way you deal with questions or concerns from either your bosses or your subordinates. So it's important to make sure that you are communicating what you're doing, what you're accomplishing, that you keep those lines of communication open so you have an understanding of uh, what your bosses are expecting and what their needs are, as well as your subordinates. And uh, it's complex because it's different in different organizations. So you have to kind of understand the organization that you're working
2: in to understand how best to make those communications work for you. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Chick. And Verna, anything you'd like to add?
0: Yes, I'd just like to build a little bit on the book that I suggested called The First 90 Days. It's by Michael Watkins. And I used this when I was training mid-level managers because it's easy to fall back on what our strength was that got us to the the new role as a manager. And so this book really helps you do exactly what Dr. Chick mentioned, how do I toot my horn in a in a in a civilized way and then how do i also keep myself from reverting back to those strengths as a non-leader and you'll find that by really reading the books there's exercises to do there that you can catch yourself when you're falling back into your role where you're comfortable when you need to be stretching into this leadership role so that you can meet those expectations with your leader
2: Great. Thank you both. And you know, the other thought that comes to mind is that sometimes I will work with leaders that have a inclination toward being very much in the background and very quiet and as both of you are alluding to, um not communicating much around what their team is doing, what they're doing, thinking that, you know, their accomplishments would speak for themselves. And I like to say to them, that if you don't have a strong champion within the organization, then your accomplishments can go unnoted and the value that you're adding can go unnoted unless you accept that as part of your role and responsibility. So as I think, Vern, I heard you say with regards to helping your uh, manager know what it is you've accomplished and know what it is your team has done that's added value, will then also position them to... um, be able to ensure that you receive and your team receives the accolades, the resources um, that are necessary to, uh, you know, one, hopefully keep your team inspired and, and two, provide you with the uh, ongoing resources to get the work done. So, again, Karen, thank you so much for your thought-provoking question. I'm going to go on to Josh's question. Josh is from Columbus, Ohio. Josh says, we are in budget season in my organization. Went into a budget meeting feeling proud that I managed expenses very well, and overall there was a savings in my department. My reward were, uh, was recommendations that would reduce my budget for next year. How does one combat this as a manager? Some things that I did not do this year was planning to do next year, I now have to justify to simply keep my budget flush, whereas my colleagues had overspent don't have to do that um how would you recommend getting out of and not getting back into this type of trick bag thank you joshua for your question who'd like to lead us off with a response to josh
3: well i'll lead off uh i think this is a a very important question and it uh really depends a lot on the culture of the organization. But one thing to understand, unfortunately, when organizations and departments make budget projections, missing that budget projection, even on the positive side, can be seen as a failure, number one, Um, although you would say, wow, this is great, I, I saved money well, but you also missed your projection. So be careful there and have a great understanding, not a good understanding, but a great understanding of how missing a budget projection is perceived in your organization. Secondly, and we'll get back a little bit to the first question, it's all about communication. You should not wait until you are showing your boss or bosses the fact that you saved money without already communicating what your plans are and how much it's going to cost. You know, one of the things I would have loved to hear uh, Josh say is that I saved $100, and I had already told my boss that uh, I had these great plans where I needed $100 or even $150 so I can save even more money next year. Because otherwise... The communication without anything being said is you projected that you need a hundred you spent ninety, so you only need ninety i I can use that other ten somewhere else, so that mm-hmm. communication piece is important mm-hmm.
2: so um, so if i 'm actually hearing Dr. Chick what your recommendation to Josh is is getting to understand the culture within the organization around how are these projections actually um, Viewed and to just be keenly aware that, um, a missed projection is still a missed projection, be it a missed projection that, um, leaves money in your budget or a missed projection that leaves you over budgeted. And, um, and communication along the way is probably going to be his best tool for ensuring that somehow when he gets to that budget table it's not perceived as if he's asked for more than he needs and therefore they can kind of spread that someplace else where it's a greater need?
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Okay. Uh, Verna, anything you might add for Josh?
0: Well, I would just echo what Dr. Tick said because it doesn't. it might look to Josh like These folks are not, they don't need, these other people don't need to explain their overspend, but it doesn't look good. So when you go over budget, it doesn't look good. And like Dr. Chick said, when you go under budget, that doesn't look good either. And I've been in finance for a lot of my career, and I've been in those budget conversations at the CFO level, and there is focus and spotlight on people who overspend and then people who underspend. And so it's, a, it's actually a great leadership skill to be able to explain why you need the money in the following year not come in under so that you can have that money in the following year but put a forecast together of what you're going to need over the next 3 years say and then that way that money is already not truly allocated but at least it's on the radar screen with your leader that this year you're going to do it. If we use the same example Dr. Chick gave, this year we're going to do this for 90, and next year uh, to build on that project, I'm going to need an additional 10. Instead of trying to come in under, hoping that you will be able to keep that 10 for the following year, but to really put together your three-year plan, which is what you're going to need that money for, because it's not unusual for companies. It's in fact it would be unusual for them not to expect you to. Have a, have a forecast of what you're going to spend over the next few years.
3: Mhm.
2: So I I love the uh, thought there and um so the explaining and the adjusting for uh forecasting even along the way within that same year uh could be helpful for Josh mm-hmm. too because yeah. that might say that he is um sensitive to the fact that he's one part of many parts within an organization and um and he can um, view things strategically and uh, cross the boundaries of his department for a great organizational span uh, to say, "You know what I thought we were going to get this initiative started this year it 's probably not going to be into next year, so I do have twenty thousand I can you know released this year with an understanding that i 'm going to actually need to have it in my budget for next year but um, to everyone 's point it 's communicating that um, that piece that could help Josh not be in that trick bag that he doesn't want to be in again, it sounds like. (laughs) Right. Yeah, great. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Chick, and thank you, Verna. And, Josh, thank you so much for your thought-provoking question. Next we have a question from Jeffrey. Jeffrey's from San Antonio, Texas. Jeffrey says that um, employee morale does not appear to be of importance to senior managers in our organization. What can be done to convince senior managers that it's important, and is something we should invest time and resources in trying to improve? Mm. Verna, would you like to start us off on on our response to Jeffrey?
0: Yeah, Jeffrey. And for Jeffrey, I just like to show a lot of empathy for what he's going through, because it's never a good feeling when you're a leader and you feel like things are important to, for employees, their morale and what have you, but leadership doesn't, there, or senior leadership doesn't. So there, um, there are a couple of things that you might try is to keep talking about it. Maybe get some feedback from, from teams, anonymous feedback, that what might make it a better place to work could be this really small and easy thing that leadership could do so you can ease them into it. You can also do benchmarking with other companies. A lot of companies do uh, employee surveys, and you could benchmark with those companies to find out where their morale was at one point, where it was after they made some change, and then there's always the output metric, what was better after they did that. If you don't have that personal knowledge, then there are companies who do that, and you could benchmark with them. I hope that's helpful because I've been in your position and it is really difficult when you're trying to improve the morale on your team to get more productivity or whatever your, your reason is and you don't get the support that you need. But there are ways that you can make that happen. You, you'll probably have to take small steps to begin with if the okay. overall environment is not that supportive of employee morale being good.
2: Great. Thank you. And it sounds like we need to go on break again. So when we come back, uh, Dr. Chick, I'll ask you if you have anything you'd like to um, add to Jeffrey. And I see we have a question from Tyra in Baltimore. So Tyra, we'll get to your question after the break and Jeffrey will finish up with some additional thoughts for you. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
1: Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're
2: back with more on Leadership Matters, bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood Health Association in San Diego, California. I'm your host for the day, Cheryl White, and I have with us two fabulous guests, First, Verna Jaggers, coach and CEO of Jaggers and Harmony, and Dr. Donald Chick, CEO of New Synergies S- Synergist Consulting. I just want to mess that up, Dr. Chick.
3: <laughs> no problem. Yeah.
2: Thank you. So again, welcome to both of you, and thank you for sharing your expertise with us. Before we went to break, we were responding to a question from Jeffrey and um Um, Verna, had you finished your thoughts? Yes, I had. Okay, great. And so I think we were going to transition to Dr. Chick to see if there's anything you had to add.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Verna had some great thoughts. Uh, And first of all, for Jeffrey, while I'm not sure, obviously, it's not necessarily true that management or senior management doesn't care about employee morale. One of the things... Uh, i found in my research and employee develop, leadership development training and coaching is I would try to emphasize a holistic approach to improving performance in organizations because it's very easy to forget about things like employee morale or forget about training as you're dealing with that crisis or that problem that needs to be fixed right now. So a couple points I would give to Jeffrey to look at is one, if you simply uh, do a search on best places to work, you're going to find a whole lot of information, research, surveys of different companies. There are several magazines that do a publication at least once a year where they talk about why the reason certain companies are the best places to work. And one of the uh, issues that they consistently found is, the number one most important um, employee satisfaction issue for employees is their immediate supervisor so if you're if you have some subordinates that work for you you can make no matter what's going what else is going on in the organization by making your workplace however big that is, uh,
2: Mm-hmm. Love that. I, I um, can't remember where it came from, but there was a quote that one of my colleagues used to say, and that was that em- employees don't quit jobs, they quit bosses. Especially mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. when they peel it back, it was really about that environment, that interaction that they had on a regular basis with that immediate supervisor that really made a difference, that made them either want to stay and work harder or put them in a space that they wanted to jump ship.
3: Right.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm um, wondering with regard to best places to work, as you kind of mentioned, Dr. Chick, some of the um, research, and I know... Verna had talked about with regards to kind of serving up some ideas and keep talking about how important it is. Are there some things top of mind that you might would highlight that says, you know, if you're working in an environment and it's high morale, that what would be the win to a um, senior management team for having a employee base that has a very high morale? What do you think are the outcomes for that?
3: Well, Well, I think some of the outcomes are obviously increased productivity. mm -hmm. Imagine an employee who's happy and uh, ready to come to work to make something positive happen every day Mm -hmm. versus employees who are very happy, who hate coming to work or dislike their workplace. So the benefits, and uh, again, there's been a lot of documentation and research to prove this, is just immense. Mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the top companies are working real hard to make sure they do have a great place to work, and they know that's something they have to continue to work on.
2: Mm-hmm. Great. so I love that, and i want to play on the words of your organization, like that increased synergy, which leads to increased productivity. And, Verna, did I hear you're about to say something, too?
0: Right. The other thing I would just add on top of productivity is um, tr- great customer service. So I read about one of the companies that hits pretty high on the Forbes list of great places to work. They want their employees to be happy because happy employees, and happy is kind of a generic term, but Mm -hmm. if you want to say engaged employees who want to come to work there every day, they find that their, their, their data finds that these folks really want to serve their customers as well. Mm -hmm. So they find a great boost in customer satisfaction because people are happy to be at work. So when the customers call in, they get a hold of a happy employee.
2: Yeah, so it really improved uh, customer experience. You know, the other thing that um, follows, uh, Jeffrey, if you're kind of thinking business case, how might I put one together uh, for that, is we found that um, employees that Employees will go home and they go to their communities and they share about their work experience, And when it's a great experience, it really protects your brand. It really adds to your brand. And when it's a bad experience, it can still do the same. And I think of our employees as being our one of say our first ambassadors for an organisation. So what is that employee feeling about their workplace and how does that then translate into? You know, the stories that are being told about the organization and its brand is another thing that can sometimes really get someone listening and caring about the morale. So, um, Dr. Chick and Verna, thank you so much for your contributions, and Jeffrey, thank you for your question. I'm going to turn to a question that's very similar uh, to Jeffrey's question, or at least it's still in that, in that um, space and looking at morale, and that's from Tyra in Baltimore, Maryland. Tyra says, what can be done to help improve morale within an organization that has been plagued with the charge to do more with less and employee layoffs year after year? Uh, thoughts for Tyra? One thing well,
0: that, that... can help... One thing I'm that can help... Tyra, is to make your environment as fun as possible. We forget that sometimes when we're under the grind to, to get things done and we're seeing other people uh, being impacted by layoffs, is to bring some fun into, into the environment. And one way I've seen that, that, seen that done is through, uh, you'll find the technique in a book called Fish by Stephen London. And in that book, he's able to inspire people who are working in a fish market to be very engaged and to have fun while they're at work. And then as a result of that, he could see higher productivity, but just in general, happiness to come to work, even though they were working in a fish market.
2: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I love the fish story, too. Mm-hmm. And how about uh, yourself? Any additional thoughts, Dr. Chick?
3: Well, first of all, the, um, the scenario that Tyra mentioned is arguably one of the toughest around for an organization because as bad as it is for people who get uh, laid off, the people who stay are dealing with grief and they're also dealing with the concern that maybe they're next. So you probably want to make sure Again, that lines of communication are open, that you show empathy, uh, that you understand and show an awareness of how this may be impacting uh, the organization and the people that are working there, and try to be as as optimistic and honest as possible about what's happening. Mm -hmm. So even do things in in those types of organizations. You may not have uh, as much money to give in terms of bonuses or recognition, but you can certainly give uh, words of encouragement or recognize employees for staying late or working harder than they might have normally worked before the layoffs. Those types of things go a long way because they start to help employees see that somebody in the organization cares. Somebody is thinking about me as a person, as a human being.
2: Mm -hmm. love that, Dr. Chick. Thank you. Tara, I might also um, add to that um, right-sizing our expectations with the resources that we have. I think sometimes when our uh, funding changes, when our staffing levels change, we do need to sit back and realistically look at what are the priorities, um, ensuring that we are in alignment with what the organization's goals are and really begin to negotiate uh, what is a reasonable expectation to be delivered with the resources that we have. And um, so that's another thing to really think about. Um, how do we begin to right-size the um, expectations of our uh, board, our senior management, our customers, um, so that we can actually uh, meet those um, expectations and maybe realistic expectations and we're not so over tasking staff to do something that is really unrealistic with regards to really being able to um, um, maintain a staff morale that's that's um, reasonable given the um, constant reductions but I um, absolutely love the fun of Verna because I think that that's so often gets missed in the mix of things and absolutely love the um, showing compassion and the encouraging words and the optimism that we can bring as leaders, as Dr. Chick was alluding to, and then also want us to just, you know, also step back sometimes and make sure that we um, are asking people to deliver on things that um, make sense for the amount of resources that we have remaining. So, uh, again, Tyra, thank you so much for your uh, question. Uh, We appreciate it. I have another question. This one comes from Alejandro, and Alejandro's in Torrance, California. Alejandro says... um, is there truly a way to obtain work-life balance for managers, short of just refusing to do work and then getting branded as or being let go for being thought of as incompetent for what you do or don't or don't do? <laughs> Thank you, Alejandro, for your question. Um, any thoughts for Alejandro? Is is there such a thing that exists with regards to work-life balance, and how might one um, um, not be in a space to where they're Um, you know, what are the options between I'm going to have these real clear boundaries about what I'm going to do and not do and then refusing to do things um, and being then branded as incompetent. Is there some space in between there, uh, Dr. Chick or Verna? Verna?
3: There's certainly uh, space there and again it differs for different organizations and uh, this is Leads into self-awareness. We talked about earlier self-awareness for leaders, but self-awareness for all of us and how we want to accomplish things. And I remember, uh, just using myself as an example, there were times when my son had a little league game and I wanted to be there, but I had work issues. So one of the ways I dealt with that was to deal with emails after the little league gang because I could do
2: that uh, mm-hmm. at home. Dr. Chick, I'm so sorry. i got to put a comma there again. I hear them trying to um, have us go to break. So when okay. we come back, I'm going to have you continue to share that story and um, that suggestion with Alejandro. And then, Verna we'll ask you if you have some things you'd like to add. And then, Tiffany, we have your question coming to us from San Diego, California. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders. Inspiring solutions.
1: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at Innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business.
2: And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Answering your questions today, we have Verna Jaggers, coach and CEO of Jaggers in Harmony, Dr. Donald Chick, CEO of New Synergistic, uh, New Synergist, I want to call, I want to say something other than that, but New Synergist Consulting. So, Dr. Chick, before we went to break, you were um, sharing some thoughts with Alejandro regarding work-life balance. I'm happy to continue.
3: Yeah, and I just want, I just want to finish up by saying it's important just like, well, it's probably most important, but just like anything else, have a plan, set priorities, and make sure you're taking care of yourself because that's the only way to be, uh, as productive as possible. And although this may be difficult and in some cases may not even be a reasonable possibility, but you certainly need to make sure the job you're doing or the work you have is not uh, impacting your the rest of your life to a point where you're not going to be healthy or your relationships will be destroyed. So you really need to take a hard look at that, but have a plan first
2: to uh, make sure you're doing all you can do to create work-life balance. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Chick. And Verna, you'd like to add?
0: Sure. So just to build a little bit because I completely, what Dr. Chick said resonates with me completely. So having those priorities and making sure that your leaders, your leaders above you, are in in agreement that those are the priorities and that they're reasonable, they can get done over the course of time that has been allotted to them is really important. And then, as we know, a lot of times people come back to us and add and add and add and add, whether that be a customer, a peer, or your leader. will try to add and add and add to that. And so it takes some very diligent focus on priorities by yourself to be able to explain to your leader or whomever is bringing this to you why that is not a priority for this year. Or maybe you might you might change your mind and say, Okay, that does seem like a higher priority, so we're gonna shift. But just piling more and more work onto people who it sounds like are already um, have full plates doesn't normally co- produce what you what what the leaders hope that it would produce. It just slows things down and then we end up failing on those things that we did have aligned for that year or whatever that period is. So I would suggest just very diligent prioritization of work, and then I received this feedback from somebody once, and I just loved it, and I practiced it. So whenever his leader would bring something new to the table, he would run some rapid experiments on it to see if it you know, was what should be moved to the top, and then he could have a conversation with his leader. Uh, I ran these experiments on this particular project or whatever it was that the leader was bringing, and here's why I don't see that we're going to get the output that you're expecting or I do see it it's just not as high a priority as these other things and so I'm going to put it on the table for next, the next period whether that's a year or quarter and then we'll run more experiments and see if it pops to the top and he was able to have some great conversations with his leader that way and his team loved it because then they were able to run these little experiments and stay focused on the top priorities at the same time so um, that would just be a suggestion. There's a really great book i keep bringing up books but there's a really great book called the lean start in which um i think the author's name is eric reese and it talks about running these experiments to make sure that you are still on the, say, the right page or, or moving in the in the correct direction
2: wonderful love both of that thank you both uh for that um sharing those thoughts with Alejandro thank you Alejandro for your question I have a question from Tiffany here in San Diego I inherited a team of long-term employees that are average to below average performers most serve in union represented classifications efforts to discipline employees are often met with contentious resistance from employees and a union representatives. any ideas? thank you Tiffany for your question Uh, Dr. Chick why don't we start with you
3: well, we didn't hear what type of organization uh, Tiffany's a part of, so that plays a role in how difficult it is to discipline or even fire employees. But I would say the first step is to try to create trust between the employees, between the unions, understanding what went on last year, five years ago, and so forth, how did this organization get to the point it's in? And in a lot of cases, when I've dealt with uh, unions in the past, the biggest issue is trust and a lack of trust between the union and between the employees. So employees immediately, when something happens, assume that they won't get a fair shake from management So they move directly to the union, who also doesn't trust management. So then you have this contentious atmosphere where you deal with union contracts and legalese and so forth. So I would say that's the first step, open the lines of communication and try to create uh, trust between the union and the uh, employees that you're working with.
0: Love it. I think that's a great place to start. Anything else you'd add, Verna? Wow, that's a, I love what you said, Dr. Chick. I was thinking that the collaboration has to happen between Tiffany and the union leaders, even around what is an expectation around performance. So if she's saying, that if Tiffany, if you're saying they underperform, but the union thinks they're performing, that might be the first gap that you could address. With them is what does excellent performance look like from a union worker? Now I've never worked in a union environment with with union leaders, so I, I maybe I'm saying something that uh, is impossible to do. I don't know, but that would be the first thing I would recommend: is that collaboration with the union about what is um, what meets expectation, what exceeds expectation, and then what is. Um, defined as not meeting expectations so that you could have a conversation with them about how you let this person go. If, in, if in truth, the, the union leaders agree, oh, yes, that's underperformance, mm-hmm. and we should deal with it. But it, that collaboration there with the union leaders is critical in communication.
2: Yeah, I love uh, both of, of your suggestions and I think that trust is one of those things that gets mm-hmm. established in both of those scenarios and sometimes even fostering Tiffany some type of labor management regular meeting to begin to have conversations and uh create some mutual understanding for some mutual gains becomes a... A really good place to start as well. Uh, thank you both for your questions. Looks like we are coming up on our hour real shortly, Verna and um, Dr. Chick. I'm going to give you both just an opportunity. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners today, or even uh, contact information if you're willing to, to if they're wanted to contact you for any follow-up questions? Anything you'd like to share in closing, Dr. Chick?
3: Well, I would say if anyone has any additional questions, feel free to contact me, Don D O N at newcentergist dot com. You can also uh, take a look at my website, which has contact information as well, and that is w dot n e w s y n e r g i s t dot com. Okay, thank think you. One
2: of- I need to actually move to Verna real quick because we got just a few seconds before we close. Verna.
0: Well, I would be more than happy to speak with anybody to clarify anything that I said or to build on it. And my email address is verna, that's V as in victory, E-R-N-A, at jaggersandharmony.com. Great. Dr. Chick, thank you again so much.
2: And Verna, thank you also for being with us today. And thank you to all of our listening audience that sent in questions and that just tuned in for our show. We invite you to join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
1: Thank you again for tuning in.